This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. Oh, it's 205 in the greatest city in the world. Ty Butler in for the excellent tandem. That is Alan Hahn and Bart Scott, who are off today enjoying the festivities that come with the great Thanksgiving holiday. So happy Thanksgiving to all. Hope you guys are enjoying it. Be safe out there on the streets. Have some fun with the family. Bask in all the glory of this tremendous, tremendous holiday and extended weekend for a lot of people. And, you know, you get to watch some football today, so that'll be fun. Uh, but without further ado, it's the final hour of the show. It's 2 o'clock on a Thursday on Barton Han. So what time is it, Harvey Cruz? That means it's the power hour, 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 hour. There we go. That's what I'm talking about. So we got we got eight renditions of the power hour. Is the, the number eight significant? Does it stand for something? No. You just wanted to see how long you could go. Yes. And and you went eight deep. And that the was, that, power hour 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 hour. There we go. See your better. <laughs> that sounded like somebody got smacked or something at the end. So just admit you're better than Joe Leo. Can you just get you to admit that? It's the power hour. Wait, who's that? That's Larry Harsty. Larry Harsty. I know you're talking about. I know you're talking bad about Larry Harsty now. Nah, I, I just didn't know who it was. I, was, I love Larry Harsty. Let's Larry's try my let's, guy. Let's try this one. That means it's the power hour. There you go. Bass in your voice hour, and all that. Hour. Hit you, the hit hit. You hit the the gong with some strain. You're fading at the end there, but I see it. Yeah, it's one of those where like you, you ever start you ever start off running and you feel good, but you you just kind of tap out halfway through. Always. And now you've got to, always. Now you've got to like try to use whatever energy you have left to get through it. That was me. Especially with my push. shins, my shins are awful these days. So you got bad shins. What's wrong with your shins? I don't know why they just get like they just get sore after like a mile or something. What are you? Why are you on your shins and knees that they they're getting all sore? What? What's happening that you that you're utilizing your shins that, that hey, has them freezing? Sore? I'm just wondering what's going on. What are you talking yeah. about, Ty? You just said your shins are always sore. So I, I'm that that's kind of random to me. You're, how old are you? Twenty eight. You're twenty eight, so you're still relatively young. Why are you dealing with sore shins? That's just my 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 only question to you. Good question. I wish there was like a leg doctor somewhere that could help me with this. Yeah, no, I mean I'm dealing with the cramps today and the hamstrings, so I'm fighting through this. And I'm waiting for the payout at the end of it. I want like a well done, a congratulations from both you and Chantel because this is a, a heroic effort from your boy. Because any anyone else would have just tapped out, said I can't do it. This this run network program. We got the best of K show coming up at three o'clock. Can't do it. But I, I've decided to you know stay in it, and you know man up, put my my best uh, best foot forward. No pun intended. And I'm here. I'm ready to roll. I'm ready to roll. All right, so let's get to tomorrow. We got the Jets at home taking on the Dolphins. The inauguration of the Black Friday game. And, of course, it was supposed to be, you know, more luster associated with it because the Jets, yeah, championship contender, Aaron Rodgers. But that has not come to fruition. Instead, we'll get Tim Boyle making his debut, he, he starter debut. He came in last week in relief duty of Zach Wilson, did throw an interception. But the Jets had no option. They had no other choice but to go to Tim Boyle. 
to just try to spark something. Uh, the season feels like it's over. I don't know that you, through the first 10 games, start 4-6, and six, hand over the baton to Tim Boyle and decide that you have more confidence going forward, that you're going to find a way to salvage what's left of this season, especially when you look at Tim Boyle and for his career, second-worst touchdown-to-interception ratio in NFL history. Only one worse than that, Nathan Peterman. We all remember him. Why do we remember him? Five-interception game. And whenever that's the only person who in this statistical category has been worse than you, it's not what you want. So it feels like the season's over. And admittedly, I'm kind of thankful for it because it's been such a miserable one from the beginning. You know, you lose Rodgers four plays into the season. It's emotionally and psychologically just debilitating after all of the high expectations you had come into it with. But then you find a way to take four out of your first seven games, which should make you feel optimistic, should lead you to be encouraged. But I found that even and even in reflecting on the first seven, seven games of the season, first eight weeks, because they had to buy week seven, they were pain, they, even the wins were painful. This team made you sweat it out week one. Remember, they had a lead late. Buffalo, at the end of regulation, Find a way to get the ball down the field, doinked it in for the tie. Jets win on a walk-off punt return. Week five, that you know the Nathaniel Hackett Bowl in Denver. Jets were up big in the game. Chance to end it. Then Zach throws a mind-boggling interception in the red zone, trying to get the ball to Garrett Wilson. So the defense had to step up to make a play. And then, you know, Quincy Williams made it on Russell Wilson. Jets end up winning that game. Week six. Should have lost that one. Hurts just kept handing the ball to you. And he threw on, what was it, third and 15 when they should have been running the ball and trying to kill clock. Threw it right to Tony Adams. That set the Jets up for a walk-in touchdown. Uh, Brees Hall walks it in. And then the defense comes and, and gets a stop. They win that game. And then in week eight, Harvey Cruz's Giants had a head coach who just lost his mind. And with the game on the line, fourth and one, you had the best player on the field. Instead of giving him the ball to win it, because all he needed was one yard, they put it in the, I was going to say hands, but I guess the legs of a kicker who after the game went on the IR to end his season. So those four wins, it was not like they were easy. They weren't just like, you know, coast-to-coast victories. You had to sweat it out, even against teams you should not have had to. That game against the Giants was pathetic. But the most infuriating element to this equation is when the Jets, at the end of this season, asked themselves, did the year end when Rodgers got hurt? The answer is no, and that has to be what kills them. Because despite losing him in the first game of the season, you had a defense that was playing at such a level that was so forceful and tenacious, that was turning teams over, which... As good as they were last year, they were not doing that. They were not an advantageous defense. They were not forcing turnovers. This year, we saw Josh Allen have the worst game of his season against the Jets. And that opener, we saw Patrick Mahomes have one of the worst games of his season. And that game, week four, we saw you know Dak, as good as he was, almost threw a pick six. Cowboys hung 30 on them. But you know Jalen Hurts, worst game of his season against the Jets. This team was turning 
quarterbacks over week after week after week that put them in great position to end this playoff drought. But because of the ineptitude of this organization, they were left for dead. Which brings us to Zach Wilson, who once again lost his job. Uh, Let's play this cut. Here was Zach Wilson on if he thinks about the future after losing his, his starting quarterback job. It's not something I've thought about. You know, it's really not. You know, I think where where I'm at is I, I truly do have so much love and care for this offense. You know, I'm really to the point where I want to see it succeed whether I'm out there or not. You know, I, you know, me and Timmy have grown extremely close. He's somebody I, I you know, I'm very, I'm very close with, a, a very dear friend that I have a lot of love for. And so how can I help him? How can I help the guys? How can I be a part of this team and this offense? Because, you know, regardless of me being out there, I got a lot of love for this guy, for these guys and, and everyone in this locker room. So how can I help them? And, and we'll handle the rest later. Yeah, it's cute uh, for a couple reasons. One, we, we hear the maturation after last season when, you know, they lost that game in Foxborough on a Marcus Jones 84-yard uh, touchdown on a punt. And a game the Jets had, what, six first downs? They scored three points. He was asked, do you feel like you let your defense down? And he said no. So clearly he's he's matured, right? Like he's learned how to be better with the media. But, I mean, the idea that you, you haven't thought about your future – because you're so focused on the love and the care you have for this offense. You've grown close with Tim Boyle, and you just want to see him succeed. You're lying. I, I respect the fact that you've gotten better, but you're lying. Harvey, you think that if if, if you were replaced in, in such a humiliating fashion, you would be rooting for your replacement to do well? Um, No. What do you think Zach's rooting for tomorrow? You think he really wants to see the, Jet, the Jets' offense go out there and score 30 points? I think in the back of his mind, he's probably rooting for them to stink so they could be like, hey, I told y'all. Exactly, right? Like, in the back of his mind, you could be the, the most team-first guy. It is hard for me to imagine that as you're standing on the sidelines, and he's going to be active tomorrow, the third stringer behind uh, Trevor Simeon. You're standing on the sidelines with a headset and a clipboard. You're rooting for them to move the ball up and down the field. Because, by the way, so not only would Zach look terrible if that happened, the Jet organization would look even more foolish. Because you would be looking at a guy who could have helped you weeks ago when your season was still alive. But Zach, I mean, do you realize how awful, and I don't want to continue to pile on to him because it feels rude and mean, but I got to be honest about what I'm watching and the fact that I can also inject uh, emotion into it because I'm a Jet fan who's been brutalized by this quarterback situation. I think it, it, it just it, it's justified. Do you realize how awful of a quarterback you have to be when in a 13-month span you've been benched three times in favor of, with all due respect, Mike White, Chris Streveler, and Tim Boyle? <laughs> really? How bad do you have to be? Those are the guys you're getting benched for. Those guys. And it's warranted. In three years, he's 11-20, and 20, Zach Wilson is as a starter. 21 touchdowns, 25 interceptions. They can't even move the ball. They can't score touchdowns in a league that's begging you to do that. With all the rules geared toward offenses, with how high-octane it has become, with the scoring numbers elevated, because it's not a different sport, but it's just, you know, it, it, it's changed. It's not your rock'em, sock'em on defense. You can't touch guys. This league is begging you to score points. 
And the Jets went, what, 11 quarters without an offensive touchdown? They've scored one touchdown and something like 40 offensive possessions, their last 40 offensive possessions. They scored eight touchdowns all season. Think about how bad you have to be if you're Zach Wilson, if those are the guys you're getting benched for. And then think about how bad you have to be if to be the one who drafted him with the second overall pick. Then to compound that you had three chances to upgrade this guy. The offseason, when you got went out there and got Rodgers, could have upgraded. After Rodgers goes down in week one, could have upgraded. At the trade deadline, could have upgraded. And every single time, you chose not to. That is organizational malpractice. And I keep hearing this lame excuse about, well, this was ideally supposed to be a redshirt year, so he wouldn't have to play. Guys, redshirt means he won't see the field. Redshirt does not mean that he's one injury away from being thrust into, into the fold to save your season. It's ridiculous. And the insane part about all of it is that they waited until their season was effectively over after you know losing to the, the, the Raiders and the Bills to get you to four and six. Your season effect, is effectively over. Um, NFL, uh, NFL FPI has given them a 1% chance to make the playoffs, so it's effectively over. They waited until that happened to bench the guy most responsible for the season being over. And look, there's a lot of blame to go around with all the injury. The offensive line was bad to begin with. So now throwing injuries to the equation, of course, it's not going to live up to you know anything close to what you would hope for. Uh, supporting a quarterback and, you know, getting your running backs involved behind this line. It's, it's been an absolute mess. Uh, the offensive coordinator has to be called into question because he's been abysmal, but you do wonder, like, is he is he bad because he's got Zach Wilson or is he just bad? Uh, the coaching has to be from top to bottom with Robert Sala, who even though he has a great defense, I mean, the penalties week after week after week at some point have to fall on coaching. This, this team looks undisciplined. They look ill-prepared. How are you this bad in first quarters? Look at the point differential. The Jets are always starting games off losing. And it's not because their defense is bad, because they can't get anything going on offense. And when you script the first 15 plays in an offensive league, it's hard to imagine that you, you're, you're barely scoring points. So there's a lot of blame to go around. Look at the receivers. Lazard. He's been awful. Terrible. Can't block. Can't catch. He just looks clueless out there. Disengaged. Outside and Garrett Wilson, who I love, got nothing for respect for. He's, he's been great, but it's fumbled the ball in back to back weeks. The, the tight ends you're getting little to no production from Uzoma. Conklin's giving you something, but I you just not enough explosiveness, not enough separation between the receivers and the defenders, and then you get nothing in, in the run game from Brees Hall. Uh, part of it is, you know, how is it how is it that you're going to be effective when teams are gearing up to stop you, knowing that Zach Wilson can't beat him with his arm, but you're just not getting any difference-making plays from players you expect to be difference-makers, so there's a lot of blame to go around. But the person most responsible for the season being over is Zach Wilson, and you waited until the season was over to bench him? So a, a season that started with such promise was put into the hands of a kid that the organization 
kept telling you. They repeatedly told you they did not trust. The owner last year told you, yep, got to go make a big splash this offseason. The general manager who drafted him traded multiple first-round picks for a 39-year-old quarterback. The head coach twice last year benched him. And somehow, this same guy was supposed, uh, supposed to save their season? How'd that all work out? Nine offensive touchdowns in 10 games. The worst red zone efficiency in modern NFL history. The worst third down efficiency in modern NFL history. And it culminated in last week, I mean, a beautiful crescendo of 7 for 15, 81 yards, zero completions to a wide receiver. A, a, a total, total disgrace and a flop by the organization. And it, the mismanagement has, you know, let their defense down because in consecutive years, you marched out a championship caliber, a top five defense, only to throw the single worst starting quarterback in football out there and ruin your season. That's what happened. So it's like a horror film on repeat. Horror film on repeat. We saw in 2021, Zach was bad. And since the start of the 2021 season, how about this? Two teams in the NFL have more touchdown or more interceptions than touchdown passes. The Panthers and your New York Jets. More touchdowns, uh, more interceptions than touchdown passes. The Panthers and the Jets the last three years. In every statistical category, they're one of the worst teams on offense. So it's frustrating for this, this organization to consistently strike out on, on franchise quarterbacks, especially when they're in the top three. We saw it with Darnold. Now we're watching it with Zach Wilson. And then I got to see, you know, Tim Boyle is going to be the 16th different player to start at quarterback for the Jets in the past 15 seasons. 16 different quarterbacks in 15 seasons? I don't know. It doesn't take a football expert to see that that's not a recipe for success. Especially when you've been drafting high. 16 different quarterbacks in the last decade and a half? Just just pathetic. 800-919-3776. We'll get back to your phone calls when we return. Barton Hunt right here on 9870 ESPN. This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. Live that bachelor lifestyle? Uh, no, I am single, but no, not the bachelor life, no. Why are you single? Good you're question. Very good question. You're, you're a successful man. I hope so. I mean, maybe it's the, 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 the shorts being too high. You're wearing like 12 inches above your knees. You got ashy ankles. The shirt is tucked into the pants. So, I mean, maybe that might have something to do with it. You got the, the, the seafood breath walking around. You're coming up to work. You know, it's a golden rule. You're not supposed to bring seafood to work, and you still did it anyway. So we questioned some of your decision-making. I think you just answered your own question. Yeah, so there's a lot we got to figure out with you. But we're going to work on you. We, we're going to make sure you get to a point where th- this, this bachelor is no longer a bachelor. Time is on about, my side, I think. Give us about six months, and, and we'll, have, we'll, we'll have you ready to go. This portion of... Barton Han is brought to you by Tullamore Dew. When it's game time, it's Tully time. Be sure to grab a Tullamore Dew Irish whiskey during tonight's action. Glasses up and join Tullamore Dew responsibly. So let me hit you with this. And we'll start with Chantel because earlier I gave you guys my top five must-haves on my Thanksgiving plate. And the first four were easy. Stuffing, ham, baked mac and cheese, fried chicken. But then I got caught up because 
like there's a lot to choose from to get to five. Are we going with that panini? Are we going with the collard greens? With the uh, we going cabbage, cornbread, turkey, mashed potatoes. Just didn't know where to go, so I said, you know what? Let's let's do the panini. So we're gonna go panini, fried chicken, bag, uh, baked mac and cheese stuff, and ham. So Chantel, what what you got? Top five. Top five on the Thanksgiving plate. Well, you know, my family is fully Jamaican, so my uh, entrees might look a little different from yours. That's but- cool. We we love to be multicultural on, on this on, on this program. Yeah. Big so- up all the Jamaican people. Big up all the Caribbean folks out yes. there. Yes. Hello to all my Caribbean people. Um. So we're going to do the oxtail. There we go. And rice and peas. Need that. Uh, I'm going to hop on the bandwagon with you with the fried chicken. We're going to get some potato salad in there. Oh, see, that's what you, nah, we can't, the potato, yo, how do people look at potato salad and decide that that's what they want to eat? It just looks nasty. I mean, maybe we're not looking at the same potato salad. Nah, it looks all, delicious. All potato salad looks the same and it looks nasty. But go ahead, continue. Yeah, they're all not created equal. Um, And you know what? I'm going to go for the cornbread for the razzle dazzle. Love it. I, I like that. You, you gonna throw some gravy on that? Always. That's what's up. So big up all, all, all my West Indian people. Them. All right, Harvey. It's your it's your, ch- your your chance to shine. We got some some single women out there listening to you. So this could be a big moment. They they hear like what you're into as far as like your your food choices. This is a big moment for you. Don't screw it up. Top five must haves on your Thanksgiving plate. Let me hear. I'm gonna agree with you on the pernil, some rice and beans. Okay. Ooh. Stuffing for sure. Ah, there we go. Flan. Okay. Gotta have flan. See, I don't like flan. Why not? Because uh, I'm not, first of all, I'm not a dessert person, but it's one, another one of those things where I struggle with the texture of it. I, I've tried it before and it just didn't float my boat. But what else you got? So that's four. What's number five? I can either go lasagna for five. Oh, lasagna. Okay. Pasta. Yeah, because I've had lasagna a lot before. Or. Um, see, I hadn't thought about I I hadn't thought about pasta because some reason like my mind like it doesn't enter my mind the the, the pasta portion of it on Thanksgiving because I, I feel like but up until I got with my wife I didn't really have pasta on Thanksgiving but yeah lasagna is a good one lasagna is a good one lasagna is really good or uh, tres leches. Mm, so another dessert. You—that's probably another reason why you sing. You're too many damn desserts for you. That belly is hovering over. I got, oh my! I got a sweet tooth for a sweet guy. That's it. <laughs> so I like it. I like it. The top five must-haves on your Thanksgiving plate: eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. Hootie and the Blowfish coming to PNC Bank Art Center on Friday, August second, in Northwell Health at Jones Beach Theater on Thursday, September fifth. ESPN New York listeners have a chance to win tickets. Just download the free ESPN New York app, scroll down to contest, and submit your entry. It's all from Live Nation. Tickets are on sale now at Ticketmaster.com. Quick scoring update on what's happening in Detroit. The Lions get a touchdown, and they pull closer in this game. Uh, that is, let me just make sure I got the information correctly. Uh, David Montgomery is having a good season for the Lions. Scores a touchdown, so it's now 23-14 in the third quarter. Uh, the Packers up on the Lions. The Lions were 8.5-point favorites, so barring some just, you know, 
horrific showing from Green Bay in the second half. They're going to cover. Uh, but more importantly, they can find a way to win this game. They get to 5-6 and six in an NFC that isn't all that daunting uh, when it comes to the bottom-tier playoff teams. Uh, that, that, that'll be a huge win for Green Bay. Meanwhile, Detroit, this is a, a mortifying loss if, if the score does hold. still a lot of time left in the second half. But I mentioned at the top of the show, uh, the Eagles right now are the best team, I think, in all of football. Uh, they're 9-1. and one. They're lone loss. How about that? Coming to the New York Jets. But that all-important number one seed, the Lions, just a game back of Philadelphia. Just one game back. Now, they don't play the Eagles the rest of the season, so they would have to win you know, either in the standings, just uh, you know, finish ahead of them in the standings, or win the head-to-head mat- or um, tiebreaker matchup. They do play Dallas in Week 17, so that would be a big game. But the Lions, if they are you know, a, a serious team, you got to come back and win this game. I get it's a division rival. It's a, it's, you know, a, a tough opponent. But you know, you've got to find a way to beat the Packers. Uh, before we get back to the phone calls, let's go around the NFL real quick. Of course, we've got the uh, Cowboys and the Commanders coming up at 4.30. Dallas, as I mentioned, it, it, it's maybe unfair Maybe, but it's the reality. No one's going to change their narrative about the Cowboys based on what happens in the regular season. If you are someone who, and I love the music, nice touch. If you are someone who is not a believer in Dallas, like you look at the roster on both sides of the ball, they're one of the most talented teams in football. There's no arguing that. And Dak, to his credit, after leading the league in interceptions last year and people questioning whether or not uh, he is someone who can cut down on that, or if that's what he just is going to be, he's answered those questions. Outside of one bad showing against San Francisco, Dak's been awesome. As far as I'm concerned, he's one of what the top three MVP candidates in football. More on that in a moment. But the Cowboys, what they're up against is public opinion, and no one's going to believe in them until we see something of significance come playoff time. So, you know, they're going to wax the commanders today. Just because they beat up on all the bad teams outside of Arizona, that one blemish. They beat up on the bad teams. So I think they're going to roll at home against the Commanders. And it's unfortunately, the, the season really starts for them once we get to January. And we see if they can beat the likes of Philly and of San Francisco. And maybe if Detroit um, is a, a team they get to match up with. Uh, tonight, we've got the Niners and the Seahawks. Another big spread. All big spreads today. So Vegas was not expecting a, a competitive day in football. But the Seahawks at home hosting the Niners. Looks like uh, Geno Smith is going to give it a go with that triceps injury he's dealing with. Niners favored by a touchdown. They had lost three straight games and people were panicking. Rightfully so. Rightfully so. They lost that game at the buzzer to Cleveland. Brock Purdy drove them down the field and they missed the kick. But then follow that up with back-to-back losses in Minnesota and then at home to San, uh, to Cincinnati. And we're thinking, uh-oh, they're in trouble. But it really was just dealing with injuries, Debo and Trent and McCaffrey was banged up. Because then after that, they put a whooping on the Jags in Jacksonville, beat them 34-3. And then last week, uh, beat the Buccaneers 27-14. So today, they, they play the Seahawks. And it's a big game because if Seattle wins it, they're now tied. At 7-4, and four, and the Seahawks got a chance to win that division. And then you look at the Niners, their upcoming schedule. Got the Eagles. Then once again, they play the, the Seahawks, followed by the Cardinals. That's a joke. But then you got the Ravens. 
Commanders and, and uh, Rams to end the season. So it's a big game for the Niners tonight. Big game for the Niners. Uh, I just want to go back to Monday night. Are you concerned about the Chiefs? Because they are building up a resume that can be concerning. But I just don't feel like it's rational to say that the thing that's going to hold the Chiefs back is their offense. It feels silly considering they might have the greatest or at least most talented quarterback of all time. They've arguably got the greatest tight end in NFL history and one of the best offensive minds we've ever seen in uh, Andy Reid. Now, do they miss Eric Bieniemy? Sure looks like it. The drops are not coaching. It's just that the, the, the weapons aren't up to par. But it's the same receiving core they, they had last year. I think the biggest difference, and it's what le has led them to, you know, why they've been so inconsistent on offense where they've now gone three straight games without scoring second-half points, Travis Kelsey doesn't look to be as dominant as he was in the past. Now, he's, he still puts up those gaudy numbers, and somehow it coincides with Taylor Swift being in attendance. But he just... Like, he was always a mismatch. Like, you can't double-team him. There is nothing you can do to, strap, uh, to stop Travis Kelsey. There was no defending Travis Kelsey. And in some weeks, it looks like he's very defendable. What we're watching in Kansas City doesn't look anything like what we've seen b before, uh, at least in recent memory, right? Even going back to the Alex Smith days. But, you know, being carried by one of the best defense, defenses in, in football, their third in scoring defense... And an offense that just hasn't been able to, to get it going. So we'll, we'll see if the Chiefs can turn it around. But, you know, right now, does not look... I don't want to say it doesn't look great. Because, like, who are you picking to come out the AFC? You still have to side with Kansas City. It just looks unique. It, we're not accustomed to the Chiefs being carried by their defense. So that's, you know, what I have to say about that. As far as uh, the NFL MVP conversation. You know, just like the, the title odds, NFL MVP, wide open. Is it Hurts? Well, I guess he has to be in the driver's seat. His team's 9-1, and one, and he's had one terrible game. But it, this is not college football. It's not the Heisman. You don't just give the MVP to the best player on the best team. It's not like his resume is head and shoulders above, you know, everyone else. How about Lamar? The Ravens, they're the number one seed in the AFC. He's completing nearly 70% of his passes. And, you know, the big story coming in was he got a new offensive coordinator. He's on pace to rush for over 800 yards. And the Ravens right now are the number one seed, as I just mentioned. So, you know, that the team success is going to work in his favor. But still, not head and shoulders above everyone else, including rookie C.J. Stroud. The only other rookie to ever win the MVP was Jim Brown. But you look at what Stroud is doing for a Houston Texans team that, by the way, could win this division. Like, it's not out of the realm of possibilities that they can win this division. We keep talking about them getting a wild card. They could win this division. And, you know, they've got a sexy matchup on, on Sunday at home against the Jags. You know, Stroud is what, second in the league in passing yards, has a 99.3 passer rating that's eighth in the NFL. And they're right there in the playoff mix, especially if they win this division. He's going to be a strong candidate for the MVP. Dak's been great. The only thing he's missing is wins over quality teams because we, we seem to judge that. The losses to the Eagles and then getting bludgeoned by the Niners won't help. But he's got a strong and compelling case. 
Mahomes, I mentioned the numbers for, for their offense are down, so it doesn't feel like he should be the favorite. Purdy, people weren't sold on him to begin with and certainly wasn't helped by him going on a three-game losing streak once he lost his, his best players. But a guy who should be getting some love, Miles Garrett. I mean, he leads the league in sacks. He's the best player on maybe the best defense in football. And that team is 7-3 and three despite losing their starting running back and then losing their starting quarterback. So I know, like, we'll go back to, well, it's, we haven't given the MVP to a player on defense since 86 you know, with LT. Miles Garrett, if the field continues to look like this, the tie is going to ultimately go to the quarterback. But if he continues to, you know, play as phenomenally as he has, and, you know, maybe they somehow win that division, he'll have strong consideration as well. 800-919-3776. We will get back to your phone calls, of course, to wrap the show. I uh, see people want to weigh in. So we'll get to you guys to hang on to a quick break. Hit me on Twitter. I'm at Ty D. Butler and Instagram as well. We wrap the show with your phone calls next right here on 9870 ESPN. This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. Aaron Hahn brought to you by Tullamore Dew. When it's game time, it's Tully time. Be sure to grab a Tullamore Dew Irish whiskey during tonight's action. Glasses up to enjoying Tullamore Dew responsibly. 800-919-3776. Let's go to Ed in Harlem. What's up, Ed? Peace, peace. Uh, happy holidays. Um, diehard Cowboy fan. Diehard die Cowboy fan. I totally agree with your take was earlier. Um, I'll go one step further. When I looked at the schedule this year, I told all my friends, I care about four games. Everything else is a practice squad game. I care about the two versus Philly, one versus Miami, to test our defense to see what it really is, and the game gets against the 49ers. So far, and I'm 0-2. No, you had no regard for week two when Aaron Rodgers no, coming no, to town? No, I had no regard for that because the Jets are always going to be the Jets, so <laughs> let's not even worry about that. And no, no matter what their defense did against us, I know I was gonna. I know I was gonna get to Aaron Rodgers. Cause that offensive line is terrible. So right now I'm looking at. I'm right now in my mind. I'm 0 2 for the season because I need this that that three that three game these three games we have coming up when we have Buffalo, Cincinnati, and Philly. If we don't go two and one, I have no confidence. No confidence at all in us going into the playoffs. And well, you, we you need. To, and Jerry Cincinnati. has to look in the mirror. Jerry has to look in the mirror. If you would decide Derrick Henry, you would have controlled the ball versus Philly. It's a one-year rental, and maybe you could talk him into staying and saying, hey, look, just do what we got. We got to the Super Bowl. Maybe we got to the championship game. We'll retool, and maybe we can win it next year. He, he, makes, he wants to be the smartest man in the room, and all he is is the oldest man in the room. Look, I, I, I appreciate the call, Ed, and, and I, we said Cincinnati. What you meant was it, it's Philly, it's Buffalo, and it's Miami. You should be able to at least split with the Eagles. Like, don't get swept by Philadelphia. They shouldn't be that much better than you where you finish the season having been swept by them. And the Niners, the, the, the thing that gives you more, most trepidation about it is not the fact that you – not just that you've lost – in the playoffs to them back-to-back years, but you weren't even competitive. Like, this was your opportunity to make a statement. For as much of a statement you could make in a regular season game trying to avenge back-to-back playoff losses and back-to-back years to this team, you had an opportunity to do that, and you fell flat on your face, and Dak had the worst game of the season. Your defense had the worst game of its season, and it all uh, 
came apart. But it, that's a, that stretch right there that you outlined. Th- you so you got next Thursday night. You beat the Commanders today. The next Thursday, you're at home against Seattle. Then the following Sunday, with some rest, you'll play on Sunday night football against the Eagles. Then you go to Buffalo and Miami in back-to-back weeks before playing the Lions. So it's actually five straight games of a real test for the Cowboys because you know the last couple of weeks you beat up on the Rams and you beat up on the Giants you beat up on the Panthers no, no one cares about that we want to see you up against upper echelon excuse me upper echelon teams and how you can handle that uh Richard in Manhattan what's up Richard Ty we have 16 NFL games this week eight of them as we did last week. you have eight home underdogs that's a lot and the Jets at nine and a half at a home underdog. I wonder when that last time that was. I may, you may have to go back to that one in fifteen season with Cotide. I don't remember the Jets being that much of a home underdog. Uh, uh, Aaron no, Rodgers. You don't have to go back that far. They've had really they've been under, home play. underdogs that much yeah. double digit. Yeah, they've had terrible quarterback play. Terrible quarterback play. Uh, all right, Aaron Rodgers. Now you guys are an entertaining entertainment. And even this sport. week, uh, this year, Kansas. Oh, you said at home. The game was in at Kansas. home. Yeah, home okay. underdog. That's okay. the whole gist. Yeah. Uh, you guys are an entertainment sports TV. Are you going to tell me? I mean, I'm not thinking practical. I'm not thinking what makes sense. If Aaron Rodgers plays even one series at the end of this year, I mean, you're too young to remember J- who shot Jr. And Luke and Laura's wedding on General Hospital. No, That'll I be the most that. watched television Listen, in the a, history of sports. I'm a, big General Hos- I'm a big General Hospital fan, which is why I'm okay, excited. Okay, so you know they're about air- it, okay? And J.R. who shot new episode This would today. be bigger. Aaron Rodgers playing three months or four months after yeah. the Achilles tear. Are you kidding me? People who watch people who don't even know football. Every doctor, every orthopedic doctor in the world will be putting it on. Yeah. I mean, it'll be great television. Great, 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 great. Anyway, okay. Uh, Kawhi, Chris, uh, uh, Paul George, James Harden, Russell Westbrook. Four future Hall of Famers, correct? correct. No doubt. Yes. No doubt. Now, uh, right now, maybe Golden State. You got Chris, Paul, obviously, and Curry. I don't know about Clay. Draymond, yes. I don't know about Clay since he's had the injury, so I don't know. And then Boston, you got to say for sure, uh, Tatum and uh, probably Jalen Brown, but we don't know about Porzingis and maybe yeah, Holiday. So wh- how far back can you go? So, I mean, I can go back to uh, Robert Parrish, Mikhail Bird, and uh, to find Johnson. Like four, four future Hall of Famers on the team? Four, four, uh, playing, though, guys that played. Now, I know what, what did that? Well, the Lakers had Shaq, Kobe, Carmelo, uh, uh, Gary Payton. Uh, and so, Payton, right. Yeah, but, so you, but you also. Those had, guys were at sort of the end of their career. Anyone else between them? Well, yeah. Have I mean, you, you had Nash, Kobe, Dwight, and Pau Gasol not too long ago. I was at, what, 2013? Not too long ago. Appreciate, appreciate the call, Richard. Before we wrap the show, uh, happy Thanksgiving to everyone out there. Appreciate you guys. You know, tuning in, locking in on the station. And I, I, I'm thankful for Harvey and Chantel finding time in their day to pull up to the studio and, and hang out with me for three hours. So happy Thanksgiving to you guys. Um, how do we feel, Chantel, about people posting their pictures of food on social media today? Um, I think some people should refrain from posting their ashy chicken and their dry oh, mac and cooked. cheese online. <laughs> 
let's stay away from that, right? Like not too much. Everyone's eating the same food, and and if you're not if you're eating something differently, then sometimes differently Shots in an unfortunate way. So look, we're all eating the same thing. We get it. Harvey got big plans today. You're gonna chill with the family. Put your feet up. Work on your, you know, you being a bachelor, being a more attractive candidate. No pun intended for for the ladies out there. So, you know, happy Thanksgiving to you too, bro. Thank you, man. I got to polish up the resume, but yes, uh, happy Thanksgiving to you too. And.